Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Good morning. Okay, great. Um, winter has arrived in Barrow and Furness, I think. Um, a bit grotty. This morning, uh, we're talking about sidekicks still, and I want to think about choices and complaining. All right? Some of us are very good at one of them and both of them. But choices, choices can be really hard to make, couldn't they? If you were to choose anybody to be on your team, who would it be and why? If you could choose anyone to be on your team, on your side, who would it be? Who would it be? Jesus, well done, Lorraine. That's the five-point answer, that one, isn't it? Okay. What about, you know, generally? You know, some of you in this room are married. You've chosen a partner, you know. You've got kids. You didn't choose them, sadly, unless you've adopted or fostered them, in which case that's great. They are chosen. But think of that person who you would choose to be on your side and then say, are they perfect? Are they a perfect choice? No. And actually, even that person that you would choose to improve your life or your situation to be with you, it has got faults and flaws, yeah? Would you agree? Yeah, thank you. A bit of feedback, that's good. Um, but some choices are easier than others, aren't they? You know, it's easy to choose what football team to support sometimes. You know, I chose to support Liverpool when they were doing really well, and now they're doing okay again. That's good, all right? Some of you chose to support Blackburn Rovers. No, not great, but hey, um, especially with the chicken team. Easy to choose food in restaurants, yeah? Easy to choose food in restaurants. Sometimes there's too much choice. Sometimes you might say, easy to choose films to watch on the telly, unless you sat there with the rest of your family, in which case you take longer to choose the film than it was to watch the film. Okay, am I right? Yeah? Um, when I got married, I had to choose my best man, and my best man was my brother. And, you know, he was always going to be my best man, because I was his, so I didn't really have a choice. But um, I had to choose groomsmen, and looking back, there's times where you think, oh, I could have chosen better than that, maybe, you know, that sounds really harsh. But actually, there was somebody I wanted to choose, and I wasn't allowed to. Don't know why, but hey. Um, Ross had to choose bridesmaids, dresses, flowers, food at venues. We had lots of choices to make. And actually this morning you have made loads of choices, yeah? Yeah? Some of you have chosen what time to get up, what time to come, what to wear. Yeah? Who to come with, whether to drive, whether to walk, whether to run 5Ks, Jill and Guy. Well, well, impressive. Very good. Or whether to just get a bus or a taxi. Well, I want to say this morning, sidekicks are chosen. And you are chosen by God. Whether you like it or not, he has chosen you. You've just got to say, am I accepted? And just like when you say, who would you want to be on your team? That person is full of flaws. And you might say, well, if you, if you take all the flaws, you might not want to choose them. Actually, God has chosen you despite your flaws, despite your mess. God chooses you every time. He chooses you. And so I want to start by saying this morning, sidekicks are chosen. We're going to look at a person in the Bible. If you've not been here with us, the series is about people who were sidekicks to somebody else. And the message is that we are all sidekicks or chosen to be sidekicks of the king that is Jesus. We've just got to accept the role. We've got to accept whether we take it on or not. And so we're going to look at Silas today. The first verse that he's mentioned in, is in Acts chapter 15 and verse 22. And it says this. 
Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, men who were leaders among the believers. Silas was chosen. He was chosen. He was already part of the church. He was already part of the followers of God. But he was chosen. Why? Because they were leaders. He was chosen because his qualities could be seen. And often we make our choices because we see the qualities in somebody. And we don't see their flaws. You know, God sees the quality in you. Every single person in this room this morning, you are precious. No matter what words have been spoken over you in the past, you are precious. You are chosen by God who knows you inside and out. And he chooses you. The next time, just after that, they're chosen to take a letter to the church. And then at the end of that passage, it says, Acts chapter 15, verse 32, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. They were, we, we talked about Barnabas last week, didn't we? What was he, Mr. Encouragement? Thank you. What Mr. Encouragement? And the challenge was for us to be encouraging. Say something nice to the person sat next to you. Go on. Okay. Now, either... Okay. I only wanted one thing. Let's not go overboard. Okay? Let's not go overboard. Amazing, isn't it? As soon as you said something nice to each other, I presume it was nice, there was laughter. There was smiles. There was joy. Because when we encourage, we bring joy. So you've said something nice. I'm assuming you've all said something. Put your hand up if somebody, nobody said anything nice to you. Oh, nobody. Good. That's good. That's okay then. They deliver this letter to the church and they encourage the followers. They encourage. And as you've turned to each other this morning, just to say one thing that's nice, you've encouraged each other. You've also encouraged me because all of a sudden, instead of you sitting there going, what do we do? Are we allowed to say anything? All of a sudden, there's conversation, there's joy, there's laughter, there's humor. And that's what church is. It's family where we laugh together, we cry together, and we worship together. But God chose them because they were going to deliver this letter and encourage and strengthen other people. You know, good choices. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Hindsight is a great thing. I married Roz and I believe I made a good choice. I know I wouldn't have been able to do all the things that I've done without Roz by my side. She's encouraged me. Yes, sometimes she's, she's challenged me. <laughs> I'll put it like that. But she's encouraged me. She's helped me. She's supported me. And actually, in hindsight, I know I've chosen well. But we haven't got hindsight, do we? But sidekicks are chosen by God. And, you know, God has the ultimate sidekick. God has the ultimate hindsight because he's at the beginning and the end. So whatever you think you are, whatever you feel like, whether you think you're worthy of it, whether you think that God wouldn't possibly be interested in you because of what you've done, God is at the end of it all and he still chooses you. Yeah? He still chooses you. He knows what I'm going to do in my whole life because he's at the end of it. And he still chooses me. There is nothing we can do that can make him love us any less. And there's nothing we can do that can make him love us anymore. He loves us because he loves us. 
and he has chosen us. So as we look at the story of Silas, we see that he's chosen, and we know that sidekicks are chosen, and we're chosen by the king of kings. He chose to die for you and for me because he loves us. You know, do you remember the uh, National Lottery adverts when they first came out, you know? It could be you, okay, yeah? And people around the country went mad paying a pound for a ticket because it could be them, okay? This morning, I want you to know it is you. You have won the biggest lottery in the fact that it's not a lottery at all because everybody wins if we accept his grace. He has chosen us. The first thing I want to get across this morning, if you've not guessed, is he has chosen you. And you can't sit there this morning and say, well, he wouldn't choose me if he really knew. Because he does know. He does know. And he's still chosen you. Because he says you are precious, you are amazing, you are loved. And it is you, not it could be you. It is you. You have been chosen. Will you accept? As we've looked at this series, we've seen Moses try to wriggle out of God's call. God said, Moses, it's you. And Moses went, but, 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 but probably literally, according to the scriptures. He had a bit of a speech impediment. And, and actually, he, he said, I, I can't speak properly. I can't do this. I can't, I can't go. Don't send me. But God said, okay, I'll send you, but I'll send someone with you. And Aaron was his sidekick. And so God chose even the most unlikely. Maybe this morning you think you are not good enough. Well, God says you are. God says you are. You are good enough for him because he gave the ultimate price to pay for you. You are good enough. You know, you might say, why would he want me? In hindsight, he'll realize what a bad choice he's made. Newsflash, God still knows what you've done, what you're going to do. He is aware of our faults and flaws, and he still chooses us. Wow. Yeah? Wow. So Silas was chosen. He was chosen for an important role. You were chosen for an eternity with a God who loves you. You've just got to accept. So, what else does it tell us about Silas in, in the Bible? It tells us this, that sidekicks will be accused. Sidekicks will be accused. Silas features in probably one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And I've, I have talked about this before, so if there's any repetition, I'm, really, I'm not sorry, because it's a really important lesson to hear. So if you've heard any, me say any of this before, I'm very sorry, but I'm not very sorry. Um, but uh, it's an important message. Paul and Silas have been out on mission. They've cast a, a demon out of a girl who was going around. She was a slave. She was a slave, and she was going around telling fortunes. She was going around telling people what their future was going to be like. And basically, they, they prayed over her, and she wasn't able to do it anymore which made her owners very angry because she now wasn't worth the money that they, she was to them. She now was worthless to them, still worth lots to God even. They've, they've cast a demon out of this girl and she can no longer tell fortunes. You know, and that tells us fortune telling, tarot cards, all those sorts of things, horoscopes, they are not what God has planned for us. And actually, in this story, we see they are definitely of a demonic nature. But here's what happens next. Acts chapter 16 and verses 19 onwards. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar. 
by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Silas and Paul were accused before the rulers. They were accused before the most important people that they could be accused in front of. And it's not nice to be challenged, is it? It's not nice. Even when we're accused correctly, we often bristle against it. We don't want to accept it. We don't like being challenged because deep down we know. And Paul and Silas are challenged falsely. Look at what they say. These men are throwing our city into uproar. No, they're not. They've helped a young girl be free. They've set a young girl free in Jesus' name. And these men aren't happy. So they accuse them in a high court. Not nice to be challenged, even if it helps us get back on track. And here, Paul and Silas are falsely accused. You know, one of the things this tells me is, other people might not like it if you're set free. Other people might not like it if you suddenly are set free. Whatever you're a slave to. This girl was a slave to these men. You know, we can be slaves to all sorts of things. It can be addiction, slaves to pornography, slaves to alcohol, slaves to cigarettes, slaves to drugs, slaves to all these things. And if we're set free from them, people won't like it because we stop being trapped. We stopped being kept down. You know, people want to keep us in chains. Often people want to keep you pressed down. You know, God wants to lift you up. It says he pulls us out of the pit and sets our feet on a rock. He pulls us out of the dirt and the mud and he sets our feet on a spacious place where we can be free. Other people don't want that, but God wants to lift you up. He doesn't want to oppress. He doesn't want to push down. He wants you to be free. Others want to keep you in chains. They want to keep you, ch keep you down. And our drugs of choice, our addictions, keep us trapped permanently so that we can never walk free unless we turn to him. You know, God chooses you and wants you to be free. And that can be free today. Let's carry on seeing what happens. Verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Sidekicks go through tough times. Jesus never promised it was going to be easy. Sidekicks go through tough times. If you're going to come to church and become a Christian thinking that life will be easy and rosy, newsflash, it won't necessarily. We're still faced with some of the opposition this world has. But actually, let's see how they handled it. Look at that list of things. You know, how bad are things for you at the moment? How bad are things for you at the moment? I don't know. Yesterday... I had a nightmare journey, okay, all because of the rain. I was coming back from London. I was supposed to catch a train at half past four. Half past four, the train was coming, and I was going to be back in Barrow by five past eight. Just plenty of time to get some food and then watch match of the day and then go to bed. All the important things in life, okay? Half past four. Quarter past four, we're sat in the station, and it tells us on the flashboard, it says... The train to Glasgow, which is the train we needed to catch to Lancaster, was now only going as far as Preston. Okay, that's not too bad. We can cope with that. We can get on the train at Preston to Barrow. That's good. Ten minutes before that train was due to, to, to leave, a notice came up saying it was just cancelled. Totally cancelled. Okay, not quite so good. Thirteen minutes later, there was a train to Preston, but it stopped at about 25 different stations. 
we had no seat reservation. And now, not only was there a train that was obviously booked already, there was now another train that had been cancelled with people that were booked who needed to also go on that train. So I'm running for the train like crazy with my bag to say, Ros, I'm just going to go ahead and find us some seats. I got seats. Whew. Carried on the journey. We eventually get to Preston at about quarter past, half past eight. So we'd missed the connection to Barrow. But then there was another one at 10 to 9. Woo! We got on the 10 to 9 train. You're all really interested in this, aren't you? I'll tell you why. <laughs> get on the 10 to 9 train to Barrow, and we're sit on, sitting on it, waiting to go, and the man comes on. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is a passenger announcement. Um, this is the train to Barrow. We currently have no driver. Um, oh, my word. You know, what's going to happen? And eventually they found a driver, um, and we travelled from Preston to Barrow. We got to Barrow about twenty-two, about half past ten. But we were surrounded by very drunk ladies, two of which decided to sing the same song over and over and over again. But they didn't even know the whole song. They knew, hello, hello. They were phoning the friends. They were older ladies. They were phoning the friends, hello, hello. And then that's what they kept doing. Eventually, they did sing Daydream Believer, but got the words wrong, and Ross told me off for joining in with the drums on the table. But I had to do something to join in, and it was just crazy. But we eventually got home. Now, I can stand here going, that's terrible, I can complain. I went to see the Virgin person, who said, the Virgin Trains person, who said, I'm <laughs> sorry, slight slip, I'm tired. The Virgin Trains man who said, oh, I'm really sorry, I can't do anything about it. I said, I know, but it doesn't really encourage people to take public transport, does it? Because I was cross. And all I wanted to do was, and they said, you can complain now and you can get a refund. And we like to complain, don't we? And, you know, there's lots of things that happened on my journey yesterday that can cause me to complain. And I'm sure many of us, some of you this morning might be thinking, oh, I wish you'd sing less songs so I can sit down, you know? Some of you this morning might be thinking, oh, I wish, they'd, uh, I wish they'd sing this song. It's my favorite song. But actually, what do Paul and Silas do? I'm not trying to make fun of anyone's situation here, but I do believe that God calls us to perspective constantly. God calls us to perspective because there are people's genuine complaints. You know, the, here are some complaints to travel agents. Somebody genuinely complained to travel agents about these things. They said, we went to see Stonehenge, and it's just a load of rocks. <laughs> the Great Wall of China is too long, it's just a wall, and it's a bit old and in disrepair. Th these are genuine complaints. One person complained to a travel agent that his girlfriend snores, and so kept him awake, so could he have a refund? Another person said the beach was too sandy, that Spanish people spoke Spanish, and in India the food was all spicy. Because we like to have a moan. You know, somebody said, if you look on TripAdvisor at things, you're either going to get really, really, really good, really good reviews, or usually really, 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 really bad reviews. Because people don't want to just talk about things that were okay, and that went all right. They either want to do the extremes, you know, Look at this list that Paul and Silas went through, okay? The magistrates ordered them to be stripped. Anyone happy with that so far? If that was your punishment this morning for something, they were stripped. So that's the first thing. Dehumanized, demoralized, and made to feel rubbish. I certainly wouldn't want that to happen, and I know you wouldn't. But to be stripped, 
That's the first thing. Then it says, they were beaten with rods. So it's not enough that they've been humiliated, they're publicly disgraced. Now they're beaten with rods. And I don't think that would have just been a little tickle or a little few. I think that would have been quite serious. Many, many flogs. Then it says, after they'd been severely flogged, anyone anyone unhappy so far? Anyone want to complain about the treatment that they're getting, you know? Severely flogged. They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. So they're in prison. They're guarded carefully. Not only that, it then says, when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell. That would have been a place that was so dark, there would have been no light. The very center of the jail, there would have been no windows, there'd have been no, it would have been horrible, surrounded by the stench of other prisoners. It will have been dark, it will have been dirty, it will have been disgusting. And then he put their feet in the stocks. That's pretty bad, isn't it? And actually, Whatever our situation is this morning, I don't think any of us can say we've gone through that. We might feel metaphorically that we're going through it, and I'm not making light of anything, but I want us to see their response to this situation. I want us to see Paul and Silas's response to what they went through. That's pretty horrendous, wouldn't you agree? Yeah? Not, won't put your hand up if anyone would like to go through that. No, I didn't think so. Me neither. But what happens is this. The next verses say, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Okay? Wow. There's the perspective. They went through all of that, and what did they do? They sat there and they prayed and sang to God. Now, I don't think they sat there going, come by, my Lord, come by. I don't think they were sitting there with a grin on their face. And I don't think they were sitting there singing jolly songs necessarily. But I do believe they were focusing on praising the God who they loved. And I'm sure as they sang, there were many tears flowing down their cheeks. And I'm sure as they sang, they could feel the pain of the beating on their back. I'm sure as they sang, they could feel the stocks rubbing against their ankles. I'm sure as they praised and said, Jesus, we love you that they still felt that humiliation. But their focus was on Jesus. You know, sidekicks will go through tough times. And they praised the one they loved, not because of their circumstances, but despite their circumstances. And that is the key, to praise the God we love despite our circumstances. What a revelation. And what is the result of that praise? Let's see, verse 26, 25 onwards. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Notice that other people take notice as we praise God. Other people become aware of something different. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. That was his punishment. If he lost his prisoners, he would be killed. So he was choosing to take his own life in that situation. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. Sidekicks will go through tough time, but sidekicks will help to break chains and communicate faith. Yeah, imagine the scene. Imagine I'm sat in those stocks having gone through it. Maybe I'd be going like this. Oh, I wouldn't be singing. Maybe I'd be saying this. Maybe I'd be saying, why, God? Why, why am I here? I've only been trying to do your things. Why am I here? Why am I trapped here? God, why? Why? Maybe I'd be saying, oh, I'm so sore. Oh, my back's killing me. Oh, I can't get comfortable in these stocks. Oh, and that's the last time I step out in faith if this is what's going to happen. Yeah? Maybe that's what my reaction would be. Maybe that's what your reaction would be. It wasn't Paul and Silas's. They didn't choose the complaint. They chose to praise. And when they praised, their chains fell off. Are we trapped this morning? We need to choose to praise. Even with tears running down our face. Because we're not praising the circumstance, we're praising the God who is with us in every circumstance. We're lifting him higher above the waves. We're lifting him above the situation. We're lifting him above ourselves. And as we do that, not only do our chains fall off, but in this story, what do we see? Everybody else's chains fall off. Everybody else's chains fall off. They don't complain. And instead of running away, when their chains fall off, it might be easy to go, yes, we're free, let's go. They seize an opportunity to share. This jailer cries out to them. He's seen something in them, and he says, what must I do to be saved? And what's the answer to that question? Believe in Jesus. What must I do to be a sidekick of the King of Kings? Believe in Jesus. Believe that he died for me, that he rose again, and that he's coming again, and that he's paid the price for all my flaws, that he's paid the price for my past. You know, God has them in this situation because he's chosen them. God has them in this situation because he's chosen them. And as a result of God choosing them, God is with them and he puts them in a place where other people can be set free. Might not be comfortable. It might not be easy. But as they look to him, others are set free. You know, what is your situation like? As I come to an end this morning... The countdown clock is wrong. I know I've not spoke 14 minutes over time. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is our situation? I want to tell you a story of a friend of mine. When I was about 16, I had a friend called Gareth Balderstone. He was from Bury, um, And he developed leukemia. And I can remember going visiting him in, in hospital as a 16-year-old man. Uh, I can remember he said to me and my brother, what are you two looking so miserable about? It's me that's dying. And then he went through what he wanted at his funeral as a 16-year-old boy. And I can remember going to his funeral, and I can remember the nurses sharing what a light Gareth had been in the hospital. They, they said at his funeral they had never met anybody quite like him. They had never experienced a situation in that hospital where there was such a peace, there was such a love. And actually, they, they said he shone like a light. 
did that mean he didn't struggle? No, I know there were times he struggled. I know there were times where he cried. I know there were times where he probably said, God, take this from me. But I also know that he chose to praise his God. And as a result, others saw the light. As a result, others were set free and wanted to know how they could be more like Gareth. It taught me to say, how can I be more like Gareth? My situation wasn't half as bad. And yet he chose to praise in the darkness of his illness. What are we choosing to do in our circumstances? I want to finish by saying this. At NSN um, the other week, Andy Croft shared a sermon on joy. If you can find it on YouTube, it's fantastic. And he shared this. He he used the example of being a parent to talk about how we always think that when our circumstances change, then we'll be better focused on God. He said, you start off, you want a girlfriend. You're thinking, if only I got a girlfriend, my situation would be okay. Then you get a girlfriend. You think, oh, if this is the one, wouldn't it be great if I got married? Because if I got married, everything would be okay. And then they get married. So, oh, wouldn't it be great as a family to start a family, to have a young child and we can have a baby? Oh, that would be cute. And then you have a baby and you think, oh, I wish they were teenagers because they keep me up all night. They cry. They want food. They're just keeping me up all night. And my energy, I'm so tired. And then the teenagers, you think, oh, no, my word. I hope I can't wait till they leave home and go to university because they're driving me up the wall. Then they go to university and you're thinking oh no my house is a bit empty I wish they'd come back I wish they'd come back and then you die (laughs) and actually that's an extreme (laughs) I'm hoping that once my kids leave I'm not going to die straight away that would be but hey who knows but actually he used that as an example to say instead of focusing on our circumstances focus on the God who is in them Instead of focusing on the things that are happening to us, think of the thing that has happened already to us, that Jesus gave his life for us, that we might live, that we might be free, that we might be able to love others. Fix our eyes. You know, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Why? Because of the light of his glory and grace. As we turn our eyes upon him, the things on earth start to seem a little bit less important. Still are. But fix your eyes on him. He used this verse from Psalm 118, verse 24. We'll all know it. It says, this is the day that the Lord has made. What? Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Yesterday might have been a bad day, might have been a good day. Tomorrow might be a good day, might be a bad day. Today might be a horrendous day. But this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. How can we rejoice and be glad in it? Because he's already paid the price. He also used the experience of watching football. Sorry, if you don't like football, you'll understand this. If your team's losing 2-0... And all game, you're on the edge of your seat thinking, oh, no, no, no. But then in the last five minutes, they score three. It's ecstatic, isn't it? Let's think you rewind that game and watch it again. You're not as nervous, are you? Because you know the end result. Do you know, I can stand there this morning confident in the end result. Jesus wins. The last chapter of the Bible says we go into a place where there's no more tears, where there's no more pain where there's no more suffering, 
where there's no more sickness, where there's no more sadness, where there's no more sorrow. That's a promise. We know the end result. We just need to keep our eyes on him in the here and now because then it will be perfect. So this morning, the story of Silas tells me that if we're a sidekick, we're chosen. It tells me that if we're a sidekick, we will be accused sometimes falsely. But also as a sidekick, we might go through trouble. But no matter what, it tells me that we need to choose to praise him despite our circumstances. It need to choose to say this is the day that the Lord has made. Maybe you're not signed up to be a sidekick yet. Maybe you've not accepted that choice. There's no better time than today because this is the day that the Lord has made. Maybe you're aware of something that others have. Maybe you've come this morning with somebody who has got Jesus and you see something in them that you think, I could do with a bit of that peace. I could do with a bit of that joy. I could do with a bit of that love. Well, this morning, you can say yes to him. And I'm going to invite you to in a moment. It's as simple as saying what the jailer said. What have I got to do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That he died for you. That he rose again. And that he bought you with his blood. And paid the price for everything. Past and future. Just say yes. Let's pray.